keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast of open, sexy sharing so we can practice listening not just to each other, but also to ourselves, all in an effort to make the world a more loving place. Our guest today is a 21-year-old Ashkenazi Jewish lesbian cis female currently in a DS dynamic. She is a brat. She's into impact play, CNC, living in Southern California. Welcome, Leah. Hi. Can you tell our listeners, today, in this moment, your personal shame-o-meter, with 10 being super full of shame and one being the least full of shame, where do you fall right now? I'd probably put myself at like a three. Okay. A little nervous, but excited. Okay. And can you give us a little overview of what your sex life looks like at the moment? Right now, I would like to say it's pretty healthy, pretty active. Okay. I like to think so. As you said, I'm in a DS dynamic, so I have a dom who I see, I don't know, a few times a week. And that's, that's how, that's how <gasps> it is. A few times a week? That's I so know. wonderful. I'm okay. really lucky. Oh, no, my I God. I feel very lucky to have that. Right oh, now. I can't wait to know the details. Okay, but before we get there... First, can you tell us, what does the word sexy mean to you and how do you define it? Yes, I think it's the most cliche thing, but I think sexiness is confidence. Mm. I think for me, finding myself sexy came when I was able to find confidence in myself and in my body. Also collarbones. I really like collarbones, which is Mm. a little off topic, but... No, it's not. (laughs) Before we get to collarbones, take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex and what do you remember feeling about it as you were learning about it? Yeah. So the first thing I remember learning about sex was I was at like some family camp type thing with like a bunch of other Jewish families. And this kid in my group said, fuck. And I obviously went home and was like, mom, I learned, I learned bad words. Fuck. What does that mean? And she sort of explained to me like that it, a not so nice word to say sex and she didn't really explain it any further than that so I was like cool it's a bad word for making babies terrific and that was sort of all I got for a while there how old were you I don't know probably about eight or so okay and then up until like the sex talk we had at school in fourth or fifth grade that was all I really got okay and what did they say during that sex talk so in fourth grade, we had one where they talked about periods and all that. And then in fifth grade, jumped like right into like blowjobs. So there was like really no in between there. Really? Wait, it's cool? Yeah. At like my little Jewish private wow. school. Wow. Like my religious little school. However, they didn't get into things like consent. They didn't get in, into anything other than like penis to vagina and like straight sex per se. Did they talk about cunnilingus or just blowjobs? No, just blowjobs. Why would they talk about, like, girls? Was it in a religious frame? Or what was it? Like, how did they share it? Like, is it part of, like, here's what you will do for a husband one day? Or was it just more like, here are the things that you need to know. Going down on chicks doesn't matter. It was more, like, from, like, I don't want to say, like, a scientific viewpoint. But it certainly didn't have that religious element to it. Okay. Which I think was pretty progressive for a religious school. Yeah. But was it, like, the science of blowjobs? Like, how did they, what was that like? What was that framing? (laughs) It was very, like, anatomical. Uh It was, like, the penis goes in the mouth. And that's all they really said. Like, they didn't really, like, just explain it in anything other than, like, this is, like, what happens and that's that. It was, like, 
very to the point. Do you remember if they described it as oral sex? Because I think I was like 16 or 17 before I connected blowjobs to oral sex. I don't particularly remember, but I asked my mom about it recently. And she told me that one of my friends just goes, and the dick goes in the mouth. And that's like, that's like one of my only memories from that. I don't know why. That really stuck with me. (laughs) Okay. So how did you feel about all of this as you were learning about it? Do you remember the emotional texture that it held for you? I think it actually made a lot of things make sense. I started masturbating really, really young. How young? Probably like preschool. Okay. I don't remember a time I wasn't masturbating, Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be completely honest. Yeah. I pressed up against my car seat when I was a toddler and that's when I like realized stuff felt good. And of course, it wasn't in a sexual context until I was like 10 or 11 and got the book and learned what masturbation was and that I'd been doing it and that you could go further with it. (laughs) Exactly. I think that was like the click for me. Like, oh, sex is supposed to feel a certain way. Maybe when I'm touching this, that's why. Like, I think it all sort of came together for me. So did that unleash your personal masturbation creature or what? How did it affect you? Oh, no, I was already like a horny little child before that i think but like were you coming when you were touching yourself younger or was it just like the good feelings like do you remember specifically not to like give details of child things but just to get the emotional frame of your early experiences i don't think i actually came until i was about 20 oh okay so really recently i look back on it i don't know why no one said anything but i'm happy no one did i guess i just sort of like stick my hand in my pants all the time like it didn't matter where yeah we were. I can't wait for you to read Beyond Birds and Bees by Bonnie J. Rush. I know. I'm so I can't, excited. Like, I'm just, you're, I think you're going to feel validated just by the way you said that. Also, everyone should read it, especially parents who are trying to figure out how to talk to their kids about sex. But like everyone read it. Okay. But yeah, I would just sort of always have my hand down my pants. It's just like a comforting, warm little place, like a little pocket in my yeah. hand. <sighs> and I don't know. It just was. Okay. So when you were eight, ish and heard the word fuck and then the connection to sex was made did you already know the word sex or was that like when your mom was like and here's sex and here's what it is or how did that come together for you i think that's when my mom sort of explained it but i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't completely remember yeah yeah, yeah. i don't think she went into a lot of details i think it was the absolute like bare minimum she had to explain for me to understand what the word meant yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah but i did have a lot of misconceptions around sex probably until i was in high school Do you remember what any of them were? When I learned that, like, a penis goes in the vagina, I didn't... Well, I knew there was a hole, but I thought it was just, like, the lips. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the hole. Mm -hmm. I thought the penis sort of sat like like a hot dog, like, between the lips. Mm -hmm. That was not the case. Yeah. Apparently. And then when I did figure out that there isn't, like, an actual hole it goes into, I thought it just sat there. Like, I didn't realize (laughs) it did anything. And I just, like, went in and just stayed there for a few seconds, and that was sex. (laughs) Oh, my other big one was condoms. I had learned what a condom was in this like sex talk. Yeah. And then in like sixth grade, I remember I was at lunch with my friends and they were talking about condoms. I was like, wait, what's a condom again? And they're like, oh yeah, it's this cream you put on the penis. I'm like, okay. We knew it prevented pregnancy, but we I think we all thought it like worked more like lube. Oh my gosh. Like a spermicide. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that was just very incorrect. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so funny. I remember learning about what sex was like mechanically when I was four and like because my mom was a nurse and she taught kind of like she was an OBGYN nurse and I remember thinking when I got a little bit older that I must have misunderstood because it obviously didn't make sense that one of those would go inside a vagina though you're a small like I was just like I must have misunderstood and then when I realized that I did understand I was just like 
like I couldn't figure out the mechanics. I don't know. I don't know. How did you start to pick apart those misunderstandings? I heard high school. Was there like friends that talked about sex or was it like other stuff? Did you get like a high school sex ed class that gave more info? I did. So in ninth grade, we had like a sex ed class. So I was no longer at this Jewish school. I ended okay. up going to performing arts high school. Ooh. We had this sex ed class and we didn't really get into much. They taught us how to put on a condom. We really, really briefly talked about consent. Mm. And we all yelled the word penis. That was pretty much like the sex. He was like, we can't have to talk about sex unless you're all comfortable saying penis. We all just like yelled penis really loudly. Like, and that was pretty much our sex Just talk. penis? Did you also say like vagina or clitoris or vulva? I don't think I even knew clitoris was a word yet, to be oh, completely honest. Wow. Okay. No, it was just penis. I don't know. I think like vagina girls are already used to talking about because of periods and stuff. Mm. But penis was just like this like big, I don't know, scary word. Okay. So he had us all yell it. And then we talked about how to put a condom on it. And we talked about some STDs and or I guess STIs. And mm-hmm. that, that's about it. Okay. And at this point, do you remember feeling like excited by it or like weird about it? Or did you want to do it with anyone or were there confusing feelings or and how much were you masturbating by this time? Like what was going on in your developmental teen life? I think it was very confusing for me because I still hadn't come out at this point. So I was like, well, while I'm like super horny kid, like I want to fuck everyone. Nothing about like penis and vagina sex sounds enjoyable to me okay so it was really really confusing where i'm like i know this is something i'm supposed to want and i do want it but not in this way and i didn't realize i guess i realized it conceptually but Mm -hmm. i didn't actually put together that there were other options for me it doesn't have to be this boy girl relationship when did that start to click into place for you and had you clocked feelings of attraction to women at this point or was it all just very nebulous still so I look back on it, and I think I had, but in the moment, I did not realize same, that. Totally same. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I think probably around 10th, 11th grade was when I realized I was not straight. Okay. So I had actually originally come out as lesbian when I was 16 or 17, mm-hmm. and essentially went back into the closet. Oh, how? What happened? So I'm guessing we'll get to it in a little bit, but I was groomed on the internet and assaulted and all that jazz. Okay. So I was struggling a lot with that type of stuff. So then when I came out, I felt like my family didn't really take me seriously. Like, oh, this is just her reaction to what's going on here. It's not a legitimate thing. Whoa. So I ended up sort of going back into the closet. I was like, oh, well, they see it as a phase and maybe they're right. So I went back into the closet. I started identifying as bi, which I don't want to say was wrong because I... Okay, so I really strongly believe that sexuality is something that's fluid. Mm -hmm. So while I identify as lesbian right now, maybe I won't in five years. Maybe I won't in one year. I don't, maybe I will for the rest of my life. I I don't know. So I don't want to like pressure that on myself. Yeah. So maybe I was bi, but I think I was just scared back into the closet and bi seemed more socially acceptable to me Mm. than lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great point, actually. I was just talking with a friend about labels and their use. I'm not really a labels person, but I am a practical person. And so for me, using the label pansexual is me attempting to signal like, hi, I would like to probably fuck you if you're nice and we get along and it means approximately the same thing to us and we're on the same page about it, you know, and which is I'm also so socially awkward that I also try to say things like I like to have sex with my friends uh, if they want to. And we talk about it and we're on the same page, you know, like to try to like create these openings, you know. And so I feel like it is weird how people 
get so attached to our labels sometimes maybe more than we are. So do you, how does the word lesbian feel to you currently? Like, do you like lesbian? I know some lesbians are like, I like, well, like our former guest, Alex, prefers gay woman. And so how, how does it feel to you in this moment? I'm going to be honest, I don't love the word lesbian. Oh, okay, okay. I just, really don't, but I guess I never really thought of another way to describe it. So I'm just like, okay, I guess that's what it is. Okay. But every time I think about how sexuality is something that's fluid to me, I'm like, oh, fuck, what if I had to go back in the closet? I put that mm. really heavy. Well, yeah, so I don't yeah. want to going back into the closet, but changing my label, like how is that going to be viewed by my family, by my friends who aren't necessarily aware of how fluid that can be. Mm, right. So I guess my fear in choosing a label is if that changes for me, I want the option to be able to change my label yeah. when that might not be necessarily socially acceptable, even within the gay community. Yeah. Or it's like, even if you have the option, sometimes you just don't want the fucking grief that comes with it because it is energy to like assert the boundary, even though it's just like, what is, what does a different word matter to you? And coming out is just like so much effort. What was it like for you? Okay. So after I had, so I'd come out as gay, I went back in the closet. I never really officially came out as bi, but people sort of started figuring that out. And then I actually came out as just plain, plain old lesbian. When? Actually, just about like two months ago at the beginning of June. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Super congratulations. Thank you. But I had probably figured it out about six months prior. Okay. Do you feel like sharing how you figured it out or what? what's juiciest or feels most relevant in your personal sex story life to share there? So I was assaulted in January, which has been a fun time with lots of therapy and all that jazz. Wait, let's not brush by that. I always do like to talk about the healing. And so, like, maybe that's a good place to start. You don't need to talk about your assault or anything, but just maybe any emotional things that are relevant for us to understand about you. Sure. I guess for me, I think it was at a point in my life where I was very, very confused. and I was experimenting a lot sexually. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't always having the safest relationships and the safest sexual encounters. Mm -hmm. And it put me in some really bad situations and I ended up getting assaulted because I don't know how to say no to people. It's, you know, I'm very much a people pleaser and saying no is something that's really, really hard for me. So I'll try to say any other word other than no. Mm -hmm. So I've been through a lot of therapy since then and I'm becoming a lot more comfortable in myself and my own body after that. So something I'm struggling with, but, you know, working on it. But I think for a while after that, I was like, ooh, am I scared of penis or am I gay? Mm. And I think for a while, I couldn't, I legitimately am like, am I bi and just have dick trauma Mm. or am I lesbian? And I think sometimes I still think that occasionally. And then I remember how much I actually like dislike being with men. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, I think this is a gay thing, not a trauma thing, you know? So did you talk about your sexuality in therapy? Was that part of your, what led to coming out for you? It was a big part of it. And then also I had started listening to this podcast more regularly around that time. And after like, I don't know, hearing how comfortable people were once they were able to start coming out and being confident in their own sexuality and their own kinkiness, I felt more confident. I was like, this is something other people are going through as well. And I'm not the only one with these confused, scary, unsure feelings. And it was very much a comfort to know that. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Okay, we skipped some steps because we sort of dove into the sexuality story for a moment. Let's rewind. And can you tell us when did you go from self-exploration to partnered explorations? Very, very recently. Okay. 
Well, I guess my first kiss was actually with a girl back when I still considered myself straight. Okay. So she was my best friend. Everyone assumed we were dating. I look back on it and probably were. Uh-huh. But I did not do that way at the time. It's like, no, no, no. It's just like a friend kiss. We're no, friends. No. I get it. We're friends. It's just like some friend touching. It's fine. All friends touch each other like that, right? No, turns out that's not like the thing. But also for some people it is. I have touched a lot of my friends and like we're better as friends than love. You know, like, but it, not till I was older. Certainly not in my younger years, but like, yeah. So I think that was like a big moment of exploration mm-hmm. for me. And then we got on a fight and we were no longer friends. So I basically didn't have any other experiences with women for about four years. Okay. And I was experimenting a lot with guys at this point. I didn't actually lose my virginity till I was 20. And I know the typical order is like kissing, blowjob, sex. I sort of said fuck it to that order. Okay, great. I can give my first blowjob to like a solid six months after I had sex. Okay. I hate blowjobs. I have a lot of trauma with blowjobs. It was not my thing. So I okay. just, I don't know. I felt like a very out of order. Do you feel like giving us details about what you don't like and then we'll focus more on the things you prefer? Sure. I think my biggest thing, like my biggest turnoff is pictures. Not like, or unsolicited or asking for pictures. If you ask me for a picture, you're not getting one. Mm. I will send it to you if and when I'm comfortable with you. But if you like continuously ask me for that, it's not happening. And you're also not getting fucked. Like, I don't stop asking. It's not going to happen. I think that's probably my biggest like dislike. I don't like being pressured for photos. Mm. It's something I'll do when I'm comfortable with. And I think that probably goes back to when I was being groomed. It was a lot, a lot of pictures. Okay. So it's something I'm very uncomfortable with. And I feel like most of my long-term partners have known that. Okay. So I feel like it's unfair for me to expect people I don't know as well to do that. And at the same time, just be like a common, decent human. If someone says no the first time, don't continuously ask them. Yeah, boundary pushing is not sexy. And that for me is an immediate red flag. But I think many of us have been socialized to please other people. But I sort of have gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, if you don't listen to me, You don't get to stay in my life because, like, why? Okay, so help us understand the timeline. So how old were you when you had your first kiss? And then we had, like, a four years until you did more things? Yes. Okay, so my first kiss was probably in ninth grade. Okay. And then that was about it for a while. And then I kissed a boy at, like, what's the word I'm looking for? What's it called? Like, a debate Mm conference Like, is that the right word? Like. Sure. Yeah. Debate conference. Debate. Meet. Debate. I don't know. I never did debate. Something like that. I was on like a little debate team and there was like a little social party. So I kissed this guy and then I was like, wow, that sucked. I hate kissing. Why did it suck? It was so much tongue so fast. Okay. And then it was like there, but it didn't move. So it was like I described it at the time as a dead snail in my mouth. Oh, Oh no. Okay. I like vividly remember telling my friend that I was like, what the fuck? Am I supposed to be liking this? Like, there's something wrong with me. Why don't I like kissing? Like, oh. I don't like this is gross. Yeah. And I, and I still to this day don't really it's not really something I enjoy unless it's with someone I feel very connected to. Makes sense. And then when I was in college was when I had my first like sexual experience. Okay. Okay. And then okay, I do actually just want to circle back to close this loop. So blow jobs you don't like because we heard the connection to getting cockpicks. So is it like when you're next to a penis with your face, you're just like, uh, it reminds me of those fucking pictures I didn't want. Or like, what's the, what's the blowjob aspect that's not your favorite specifically? Is it, is it like a bigger, let's see if the tongue is a dead snail. Is it like a dead snake in your mouth? 
but hard one. I, I don't think know. that's my favorite way anyone's ever described a blowjob, and I think I will be describing it that way from now on. <laughs> Just to be clear, I love blowjobs, and I don't feel that way, but I'm, like, curious to understand other people's experiences because it's all valid. So the pictures for me were more related to the grooming, but it, the blowjob was a huge component of my most recent assault. Okay. Anything oral, I generally avoid unless it's with a partner. I feel very safe with. Okay. And so far, that has not been men, so I don't do blowjobs. <laughs> okay. You mentioned a couple long-term relationships. Tell us sexually what you discovered in each one as it feels relevant to you. Yeah. So my first long-term-ish relationship was in college. And it was with a man who I did not... He was a very sweet guy. I was just lesbian and was not into it. Yeah. I sort of feel bad looking back on it. I wish I had given him that clarity, like why his relationship wasn't working. But how could you have given him clarity you didn't have? That's a good point. You know, I mean, I we beat each other up ourselves. I beat myself up so much when I'm like, oh, I should have known this. It's like, well, how do I know until I'm learning it? I don't know. You know? No, that's a really good point. But yeah, I was in this long-term relationship with this guy and I was super feeling it and it was, I ended things and that was around the time I started, I don't, I don't like the word promiscuous, but I don't have another word to use other than I was exploring more bodies, sure. Me- meeting new bodies. That's how I, yeah, honestly, I like that meeting new bodies. That, like, like that's my favorite thing. I was just talking to a friend who I'm trying to sleep with, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but I was just like. I was like, look, I don't know if you're going to like sex with me. I, you might not like my level of enthusiasm. You might not like how silly I am. You might just not be into my vibe. Like, I, also, I like, I'm really have been told I'm very overwhelming because I have so much fun. I was like, but like, I always have a good time, even if it's a disaster. So like, let me know, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's like such a better way of looking at it. Not better, I'm, not worse, just to frame that I find useful and accurate. I don't like the word better. It's a much more positive light, and I like that a lot. So I was exploring a lot more bodies after that relationship, and mostly male bodies. Okay. And it led, as I was saying, to some uncomfy situations that could have been avoided with more communication and with less people-pleasing. Hmm. However, it did lead me to figuring out my sexuality. And it led me to meeting my current partner, who's my dom. How did you meet them? Do you guys know the Her app? I've heard of it, but I haven't gone on it because I'm one of those people. It's like, I don't know if I count as enough gay to, I mean, I'll try it. I'll think about it. So I've had it downloaded on my phone for over a year now, but I haven't made a profile. (laughs) Oh, it's awesome. I love it. What do you love about it? I don't know. I was on Tinder before. And I guess maybe if I'm so used to douchey guys on Tinder, Mm. but everyone just seems so much more polite and like. Let's actually get to know each other real quick before I, like, shove a dick in your face or, mm, like, okay. whatever that may be. It just, I don't know. It just, there was a lot more mutual respect I found than I found in other dating apps, I guess. Is it the same, like, swiping setup or what is it like? Yeah, it's the same swiping setup, like, right, left. But I don't know. There's something about queer apps to me, or maybe it's because I'm queer myself, that I feel so much more comfortable in. That makes sense. And that's partially a me thing, but I also think it takes away a lot of that toxic masculinity Mm. simply because there's not a lot of men on the app. Okay. And the men that are there are not straight cis men. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's very comfortable. But anyways, I met my dom on that app. Okay, so, wait, but how did you learn that you were kinky and when and was it on your profile and tell us about your kinky self? Okay, so, I believe it was on my profile. There's, like, a little, like, do you, they have, like, little questionnaires on it, like, 
are you a top or a bottom? And they have one that was like sub or dom. So I said like sub. Okay. And I think that's all I really had about my kinky self, just because it's not something I want to lead with necessarily, just because there is still a lot of stigma around it. What's the stigma that you experience? Hmm. Maybe that's more of my family thing. Mm, actually, let me back up a little bit and I'll okay. get back to okay. it because I don't know how to explain it without more context. Great. So I think I discovered I was kinky really, really young. I don't think I knew it at the time, but I look back on like games I would play with friends as a kid. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to be tied up. <laughs> Do you know on like playgrounds they have those like rope climbing structures yeah. that sort of look like spider web? Yeah. I make my friend like pretend to be the spider and be like, oh no, I'm trapped in the spider web. What a shame. <laughs> Things like that. Or I have like a very vivid memory of asking my oh, this is so strange. I asked my babysitter to like sit on me. Oh. I was like very young, so not in a sexual way, yeah. but I like that constraint. Being feeling. contained, yeah, me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Or I would, like, try to put both my feet inside, like, my dad's, like, big pair of socks. I just like that very, like, constrained, constricted feeling from, like, a really young age. Have you tried latex yet? I'm sorry. I can't wait. I'm no, curious. Okay. Okay. It's got to be in your future. And if you ever get a vac bed situation, I'm so curious. I want to try that so bad, but that sounds so expensive. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, you don't have to have your own one. You can go. I'm sure you can. I'm sure now that we've set the intention that we can find one for you somewhere, you know? I always forget like dungeons exist. Yeah. Yeah. There's options. I want to go to one so bad. But I think I figured it out very, very young. So then when I was in middle school, high school was when I started like poking around on the internet. And it's what led me to end up getting groomed was I was trying to like learn more about BDSM when I was starting to like figure out that I was kinky and that led to some unfortunate situations with grown men on the internet okay do you feel comfortable sharing just enough of a snippet to be like here's where I wasn't cautious like or or not that's a bad way to say it but do you feel comfortable sharing like just the frame like were you like talking to strangers on FetLife or was it like on Reddit or just so it was a it was a little combination of things. So okay. at first it was on like Reddit and things. I was just like looking at message boards. I was like, I don't know. It was, I was curious. I wanted to learn more about it. It yeah. was right around the time Fifty Shades had come out, which okay. of course is very problematic. But super problematic, yeah. Eighth grade me did not understand that, but it was my first like yeah look into something kinky. So I was like very very intrigued. Part of the reason it's so problematic is because it was most many people in the mainstream's first exposure and it's not written by someone who's in the actual community. Absolutely. I wish I had found something that was actually written yeah. by someone who knew what they were talking yeah. about. I wish that was my introduction. That being said, I'm happy I was introduced to it. Anyway, so yeah. I was on like Reddit and then that transition to FetLife where I started talking to this guy that I should not have been talking to because I was 14. I don't know. It led to him asking for pictures and I ended up doing that. It became this ongoing thing and my parents of course found out about it. Okay. And it was a lot of blame was placed on me for that. It was like on you. Why, oh, 100%. It was why did you allow this to happen? You made the choice to send this. It wasn't why is this adult stranger talking to my daughter it was and also there's no responsibility for the fact that when children are not given information they are curious and in a world where we are just told no but we obviously know that there's more to it and we have the internet i don't know what people i'm so sorry you were blamed that's really disappointing i hope we can change that culture together 
I hope so too, which is why I want to be a therapist yeah. and to help families navigate situations. Yeah. But yes, a lot of blame was placed on me for that. And it was also around the time I was assaulted for the first time, which my parents, because of the situation, believed I was lying about. That was a fun time. Fuck. So did you start identifying as kinky in your young, developing teen brain? Like you, did you like have that label for yourself at that point? Or was it more like a curiosity? It was more of a curiosity, but it was when I started putting together that I was kinky. Like, all these things I was feeling when I was younger, I now have a label for. Okay. So, it was sort of, like, the same thing with, like, masturbation when I was younger and then figuring out what sex was, and it was sort of came together. So, I think for me, being kinky has always been, like, a part of my, like, sexual self. I just didn't have a label for it until more recently. When you were having these experiences that were difficult and tough and then also being blamed for the difficult, tough results of you being a curious explorer, were you still exploring even as you were processing all that shit? Or was it like, did that halt your sex explorations at the time? I was. It was actually probably the most problematic coping mechanism I could have chosen. Mm. I was essentially healing from my assault via this online quote-unquote relationship I was having with this man. Okay. Which was so incredibly problematic. He's like, oh, I'll help you feel better with this. Also send me a tip picture so Mm. you know it was not the most effective thing so when my parents found out about the grooming they wanted to know why and I was explaining I don't know I was trying to explain the assault and it was well that didn't happen you're just looking for something to cover up this which led to my whole little stunt with the with the troubled teen industry okay so this relationship that you're in now is that the first time that you've actually explored a DS dynamic with a partner or were there any precursors in any of your previous relationships? So I had explored very very briefly with the guy I was seeing during college. However, I wasn't super into him because I wasn't into penises and so there wasn't a lot going on there, but we definitely okay. did explore some kinkier sex. I wasn't a full-blown dynamic like I do have now, which is okay. happy I have. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about what these first explorations with a partner have been like for you? Yeah, so I met them. They're non-binary. They use they, she pronouns. I'm going to try to use they when I'm referring to them. Yeah, so I met them on this app. So we both pretty much essentially thought we was going to be a hookup. And then, uh, do you know like the lesbian stereotype that everyone moves really fast? No. Oh, so there's this stereotype that lesbians like move really fast with everything and that like nothing is just like casual. What does fast mean here though? Like, what do you, when you say move fast, what are we moving toward? Or is it like, like have sex right away? Well, we had sex right away, but we both at the time intended for it to just be a hookup. Uh And then I've been seeing them for like six months now. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. So the hookup didn't really, or just the hookup didn't really happen. I have a theory about that. I actually think that that's a great way to meet people in this modern day because we get so fucking hung up on like prejudging are each other especially since we have like some information on the swiping and i catch my own brain like making up stories about people and then i'm like they would feel completely different to you if you were meeting them in person like this is actually just a difficult medium so i actually think that like the insta smash and because similarly with my master i didn't think that i was still going to be talking to him four years later i was just looking for someone who was going to tie me up without killing me so that i could see if i liked it yeah you know But it creates this because there's this vibe of like, this isn't serious. I think because I've experienced this over and over again as an avoidant person who really is just trying to fuck because I don't understand relationship dynamics. 
what that does is it creates a comfortable space for the other person, for maybe both people, to just be themselves. And then you actually, like, connect and like each other. And you're like, oh, fuck, I like each other now. You know, we like each other now. And it's, like, a thing. That's, like, what I've observed over and over. Even when I'm, like, we're definitely not trying to be romantic, right? Because, like, I have a brain where I can draw those boundaries and just hold them because I just, like, love people anyway, you know? See, I can't. So that was the thing that was really, really confusing for me was when I started feeling feelings for them that weren't quite romantic but they weren't quite platonic either Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's these feelings that are so specific to ds relationships they're powerful they are but i was so confused so i was like oh my gosh i love you yeah and they're like okay so that's we're not a romantic relationship what is that i don't Uh we're not we're not doing that i was like and took me a really long time to figure out like oh these aren't romantic feelings i just don't there isn't a word in our society to describe the feelings I'm having that are so specific to this type of relationship. Yeah. It was a very confusing moment, but I feel like we've gone past that. And... Okay. Well, do you say the word love? Because I see it as like a type of love. I, I think for me, it falls in the general love container, but it doesn't mean the type of love where I have to enmesh my whole life with that person. But it means that there's like transcendent bliss and like the idea of not saying I love you to my master just feels arbitrary because like when we're so deeply connected and fucking, it's like, what is this like internal God feeling of perfection, if not love? And, you know, and then that's when I think we're in semantics land. I don't know. <laughs> I do now for a while. I was very unsure of myself. because I was like, well, I feel like I want I want to say this. Yeah. But I don't want it to be construed as in I want this romantic relationship. Yeah. Because I did feel that's what I wanted from it for a while. Okay. But I couldn't separate those feelings. I was very confused. I'm like, ooh, are they romantic? Are they platonic? What is this feeling I'm feeling? What is it entirely own being? Right. Well, and we also live in a society that forces us to be like, oh, I have to pick between romantic and platonic. And like, if it's not like a regular relationship, then it's nothing. And like, it's kind of like a weird... And okay, so did you guys have conversation? How did you figure it out for yourself? And like how it sounds like you're pretty settled about it now in a like good, securely attached way. Yeah, now I feel a lot more secure and my, I guess my own feelings surrounding that dynamic. But at the time it was very confusing. I was like, look, I love you. I need more than, I need more than to just be yourself. Like I need more than that. And they're like, I can't give that to you. That's not where I'm at. I don't think it's fair to either of us to continue this dynamic if those feelings aren't reciprocal. So we took a break for a little bit and it wasn't what either of us wanted. Okay. And I think in that time I was, you know, I was talking with my therapist and I figured out that feelings of love don't have to be either romantic or platonic. It can be the somewhere in between and just because our society doesn't have a word for that or a way to express that doesn't mean they aren't valid Mm -hmm. i do get very confused with friends and family who do not know i'm kinky oh yes (laughs) yes it's really fun (laughs) so for example my parents they think i'm in like this long-term romantic relationship and i'm like ooh, it's not worth explaining to them right now yeah it's not but i'm also seeing this person frequently enough that they it's not like they don't know nothing is going on right Oh, feel like I'm forced point. to sort of like choose a narrative and I don't want to choose either because neither of them are accurate. Yeah. However, in my little Jewish family, kinky is not going to go over well. Right. No, that's such a good point. And you're helping me realize some privilege that I'm not super conscious of all the time in that like the nice thing about being a slave to a married man on the DL is that it literally never comes up around family. So I don't have to like deal with the awkward part of like, 
Oh, it's my master. I'm kinky. Nope, nope, because that's not a family. Then my family would like not, you know. <laughs> no, I get that. My parents do. I don't want to say they know I'm kinky, but from that time with all the internet stuff, they did figure out right. something was up. So I think they might have ideas, but I also don't want to be like, so this is mommy. Presumably you don't know unless you come from a very open family how much your parents know about kink because my mom last year was like what is a dominatrix and i was like oh and i kind of like gave her a little overview you know to the best of my caught off guard ability and she's like wow some people like pain like that and i was like yeah some people yeah me what (laughs) um Oh, that's so funny. Also, she found my chain leash in the freezer at my house one time. My master left it in there. And so, like... Last dildo in my parents' freezer recently. (laughs) And I'm so thankful my sister's the one who found it and not my parents. Oh, my God. And it wasn't just, like... It wasn't just, like, a glass dildo. It was, like, a (laughs) tentacly-looking... Ooh, how is that? Do you like that texture? I've been thinking about getting a tentacle dildo. You know, I was very, like turned off by it when my partner like showed it to me i was like "Ooh, that's not something i'm it's into like a but big it, snail looks wise it's like a snail but it feels great it's cool. fantastic oh, and i'm not cool. super into like internal things but that was great. tell us more about your physical body and then start to work in the kinky stuff that you've been exploring like okay so not so much internal things but but we'll do a glass dildo does it go in one hole both holes like what are your what have you explored so far and what are you curious about we're working up to the butt. I've done like small like butt plugs. Okay. But I'm not I'm not quite there yet. Like the one time I tried to have anal sex, I was just not ready. He shoved his dick in and I was just like I literally think I screamed. Yeah. We use like this tiny little butt plug and he's like, Okay, I think you're ready. I'm like, Okay, sure. And I'm like, Never mind, that fucking hurts. Get it out. Like yeah. get it out right now. So I haven't worked myself back up to that yet because that really fucking hurt. Yeah. And not in a fun, sexy way. In a like my butt's on fire kind of way. Oof, that's a tough place to be. I've been there. I've been there. So I can't like come without like clitoral stimulation. That's okay. pretty much exclusively where I can come from. What kind? Tell us the details, please. I need vibrators. I cannot figure out my hand. <laughs> okay, I bet you probably, I don't like the word can't. Uh, when you say that, what I translate into my brain is like, I haven't used my hands to come yet. And like not in a pressure way, not like it's homework for you to figure out or if you just spend enough time. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I always like to hold the question mark as an open possibility into a who knows what you might discover. I don't know. That's fair. I'm, I don't want to say it's impossible. Yeah. However, so far, I need a lot more than my hands or other people's tongues can provide. Okay. I just got like, how do you say Hitachi? Hitachi. Hitachi. Yeah. Or Hitachi. It's so great. I love that. Yay. It's so awesome. But I feel so lazy using it. Great. Do you like lazy or not like lazy? I feel differently about lazy on different days. That's why I ask. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I sh- it's something I should be putting more effort into. And okay. at the same time, I don't want to. So that's fantastic. So it sounds like a societal should and a lot of body pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a great way to describe that. Okay. Or do you know those like, little clit suckery things? Yes, pulsers. I I have several satisfiers now, and they're all pulsers and one womanizer, and they are great. They're so fun. Yes. I don't know if it's 
mine's like a satisfier or woman. I don't remember, but it's Doesn't whatever matter. the little goldy pink one is. Ooh. It's fantastic. Love that. Great. Can you put it directly on your clit? No, I have to. Okay. If I don't have like direct clit simulation, nothing is going to happen for me. Like, so like just... open clit, no skin in between, like just like full direct. No. Whoa, cool. I know. But then when I do that on partners, I forget that's not how a lot of people are. A lot of people I realize do not like yeah. extreme clit. Uh, yeah, I couldn't handle it because there's like a certain point on my clit. I've been like touching it with my finger lately to be like, where are you? Because it feels like it moves to me because it's just fucking nerve bundles. There's one point that on certain days, if I just accidentally brush my finger or like the seam of my underwear or the short shorts that I wear without underwear, like if it just brushes the wrong way, it's like, fuck, you know, like it's like not good. Oh, see, that's like the sexiest thing to me. Yeah. Okay. So orgasms don't actually feel that great to me. Like I don't, I, I know it's really strange. I don't like the actual feeling during it. Like I, it's actually like super uncomfortable to me. How so? I don't know. It's just like this very like uncomfortable comfortable sort of like strained feeling like i don't like it okay i'm looking for tech like, i wonder i know it's such an impossible thing to put into words but for me it's like when i have too much stimulation on my clit it's like a chemical burn but or it's like sharp or stingy like can you give like a is it like a dull thud is it like an ache is it like a overwhelm or is it like a like do you just do your best with feeling words so we can try to understand your physical experience it almost feels like a cramp but not in a specific place like a full body wow okay it's like a very odd feeling and i know for a lot of people it's not yeah that but it's the feeling i get afterwards that i really like okay what's that feeling like okay so i want to give like a little trigger warning here for self-harm so i had a lot of experiences with self-harm and so really for me it's a really really similar feeling i got from that release as Mm. i do after orgasm so i think I, I don't have another way to describe it other than that. Is there a feeling in your body that like is are is it tingly? Is it like relief? Is it does it make you soften? Does it make you charged or it's like a complete release of anxiety. Okay. Or it's really similar to like smoking weed when okay. you get like really, really, really high, but just for like a second. Mm, yeah. I, I woke up the other day when I was like last week when I was like in the thick of coronavirus and I was like, oh no, I'm, did I am I high? Like I thought, and I spent the whole first half of the day on Wednesday, like feeling high just because I was sick. And like, I was, I thought I was over it. So it's like, yeah, sometimes your body does crazy stuff. Okay. Okay. So there's a big feeling of relief. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I actually like keep the actual feeling of orgasming, which is why I end up loving forced orgasms because I hate the feeling. Yeah. But I love that someone else is making me do that anyway. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. It's so fun. Oh, wow. That's like one of my big like kinky things. I feel like I'm into because of that. Yeah. What else do you what else are you into kinky? Like how do you play with your partner? We do a lot of bondage stuff, which I love. I'm really into rope, but I want to try more like shibari. Like I think that's Ooh. so like gorgeous, but it hasn't thing we really tried too much yet. Uh-huh. Does your partner like to tie or is that something that you're wanting to learn to do? Ooh, that's a good question. I try to tie them up like once i can't do it i like the idea of being a switch and i can't do it like i yeah it's not it's not in me like i tried to like spank them once i was like oh oh no does that hurt i'm so sorry like i i can't do it (laughs) (laughs) so no it is it's them tying me up great but i just i just love that feeling like i it's that's like it's like the safest feeling to me like 
like putting that trust in my partner. Have you been in a cage yet? That's one of my favorite things. No, but I want to. I love it. Okay, okay. I would like to hear how you feel. Okay. Um. So is rope the only way you've been restrained so far? Or have you done like cuffs or bed ties or anything like that? Another partner I've done zip ties. Mm. Oh. Zip ties, handcuffs, and bondage tape. Bondage tape is fun. I didn't know about yeah. it until really recently. That is great. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, bondage tape is tape that doesn't have actual like sticky adhesive on it but sticks to itself so you can wrap someone up like a mummy really tight with it or what or you can use it as makeshift handcuffs or whatever or makeshift collar even don't do it well what i like about it is that well because we use it around my mouth like it doesn't stick to my hair yeah yeah that's perfect great um but i did this really great like cnc scene recently so like they took me to the backyard which is not something i've ever tried i was sort of against for a while but then i was like okay it'll be fine it's whatever is this your family's backyard no 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 no. oh my god no okay god okay okay so i am staying with my parents right now but i do normally live in um by my school okay okay also we should say for our listeners cnc stands for consensual non-consent so it's a pre-negotiated when two partners who are super kinky are really really on the same page and they've had a lot of safety talks about how these fantasies can come out and there are safe words you definitely want to do cnc stuff with safe words just gonna throw out those safety warnings okay I would like to throw out that safe words should be used for all sex. All sex. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think think safe words are great. I also will just say I've started using them with vanilla partners. Like, and I sort of just prime them ahead of time. I'm like, look, if something is, I was like, I have a really, really, really sensitive clitoris. If I need a break, I will say mercy. And I'm really cute, too. I'll be like, can I please have mercy on my clitoris? You know, and that. And it's really disarming. Whereas like if in the past I've been like, that's a little too, can I have it softer? And it's like really hard for the ego, you know? And so I just sort of like introduce it and I don't like when people don't, when I've been encountering partners as I try to like navigate kinky vanilla, everyone, whatever, like I've just sort of have been working in the things that work really well and they are pretty grateful for the framework. So I have such a hard time saying no mm. but i've just started using my i use like the red yellow system great like red red full stop yellow like let's chill out a bit yeah even with like vanilla partners just because I, I i'm so bad at saying no that it's just so much easier for me to say red yeah works for me and if i think it's something other people should try if they're also people pleasers who can't say no i am all for it safe word all the way oh yes okay so we're doing this cnc scene in the backyard. In the backyard. What are you? Are you naked? What are you wearing? Paint the picture for us. Are you cuffed to anything? Like what's happening? Are, are you crawling? Are you walking? Are they leading you? Like what's happening? Okay, so we walked to the backyard, and then they tied me to like they handcuffed me like behind a chair, and then we used we like zip tied my legs to the legs of the chair, oh. and then it was fun. And then we did like bondage tape around my mouth because my biggest concern was I didn't want neighbors hearing me totally yeah well for me that's when it becomes like a consent violation like you don't have their consent to this i'm the same way i get too nervous yeah 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 that's why i was so nervous something outdoors i'm like well we don't have my neighbor's consent like i don't know i don't want them to hear anything yeah yeah so we did that which was hot anyways and then i had like a little like bell because i couldn't actually say for it we did that instead okay and then we did like a forced orgasm with the hitachi scene and it was fantastic it was really fun how are they checking in with you when they're forcing with the Hitachi? Like, are they just watching you closely? Is it like, and like, do you have any rules around when you're coming? Like, are you supposed to ask or tell or signal or like, what's, what's that like? So I have a lot of issues 
um, just related to trauma sharing when I'm coming. Mm -hmm. So we do like a tap system, but I can't do that with my arm. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm asking because it's like, what do you, how did you get creative? So we just didn't do it that time. So we like threw that out the window. It's like, eh, you don't need to ask. It's fine. We'll just toss that. That was sort of fun. That's cool. That's that feels like a very specific, special sort of therapy too. Like it was, it was was great, but also because okay, this seems to be an ongoing thing. I thought it was maybe just my partner, but it seems to be a thing with like other partners too. Maybe I just like am not clear when I'm coming because no one's able to tell like Mm -hmm. ever. I don't know if I'm just like quiet or I'm just like normal. Like I don't know what it is, but no one can ever tell. Mm -hmm. So I think I accidentally came like way more than they intended to. Cool. I was like dying that's amazing <laughs> like i felt like dead afterwards but it was great like i felt like a puddle yeah it was awesome yeah so how are you having conversations with your partners ahead of time and how have conversations with partners evolved over the years it sounds like you are with a partner currently who you must have discussed this stuff with and i'm also guessing that it perhaps was not always the same level of pre-communication for you yeah so in the past i have just not communicated at all yeah same and just hope for the best maybe this will be good maybe maybe this will be good sex maybe this time i'll be better at it no exactly i'm like wanting partners to read my mind which is not fair to them and it's not fair to me if i want to come and i only come in a specific way i need to tell them that and i think it took me a really long time for me to be like it's, it's okay to say what you want like i remember when i was first with my current partner i was like so embarrassed i'm like hmm. i i want to can we try i don't can we try this or like i was like so timid and it like would literally take like a half hour for me to like get out like words i was so shy about it like i they literally had to like coax me they're like okay leah what are you trying to say like just spit it out already and i like i couldn't do it and i'm just like i can't come this way i need you to touch me this way and it's to me that's such a basic conversation to have now oh great but i couldn't do it at the time like i I just couldn't. So now it's gotten a lot more clear. And that's also gotten better with trauma stuff. So in the past, I used to not say anything until it come up, mm. which is usually already when I'm in, like, mid-panic attacks. Okay. Yeah. So I just, like, wouldn't tell partners, like, hey, I have a lot of trauma with oral sex, which even though the issue was with a guy, I still have facing crotch for me. It's just okay. very triggering. It's less the actual thing in my mouth, more just face and crotch. Okay. I don't like it. But I would wait till I was already down there, like, doing stuff. Be like, hold on, I'm having a panic attack. Give me a sec. Like, and I'm finally at a point where I can just tell them, like, hey, I know this sucks because I know you like this, but I'm not going to be doing this, this, and this. Let's try this instead. Okay. It took me a while to get there, but. So am I understanding that, like, it sounds like you still do give oral sex to a partner, but you pull yourself out if it gets to a bad place or ahead of time are you just like this is not an option at all it depends on the day so sometimes i'm totally fine with it and then there's times where i'm like let's try it and see how it goes yeah yeah and then there's times where i'm like this is completely off the table and it will not be happening for the foreseeable future okay i'm with partners i don't know very well it's just completely off the table it's off the table until i feel comfortable with you I'm so happy to hear that that is evolving for you and that you're able to like articulate it. And if what you just shared, if I understood it correctly, it sounds like you're also in the same session able to like take a moment and regroup sometimes and then come back to something else. Yeah, absolutely. So it started off to just not being able to do it at all. And then we like very slowly worked out to it. I had to use a blindfold for a while. Okay. 
which I think sort of weirded out my partner. They're like, would this make it more scary? I'm like, no, no, no. Then I don't have to see your crotch. Yeah. Then I'm in the sensation of it. Yeah, exactly. So that helps a lot. So okay. I do that sometimes when I get worked up. And then if I need to just stop, we, we just stop and we move on and it's fine. Beautiful. Yeah. What else does your submissive self like? Like, are you into body sensations? Are you into pain? Or is it more just like control and compression? Yeah, tell me. I see the smile. Okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> I am a very much a masochist. Oh. And I love that about myself. I think that's really fucking cool. But I'm very much into impact play. Okay. We've been using a flogger recently, which I think is really fun. Ooh. And then, so I'm into sorority, which is probably like the straightest thing about me. <laughs> but we have sorority paddles, uh-huh. which is now... Oh, I'm sure they would not be thrilled to hear that. But which is now what we use. That's like crazy. Scenes, which is so fun. Is that not what those are for? I thought that that's why fraternities and sororities had paddles. It was for some pleasure. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I think it should be. Well, I think in fraternities, they use it as like a hazing thing. Mm-hmm. But at least my sorority doesn't do that so much. And it's more like, look at this pretty decoration my big made for me. Okay. It's like, look, so pretty. <laughs> those can hurt a lot too they like depending hurt really like that's bad. that's an intense feeling yeah no I, I actually don't like the paddle so much it's definitely used more as like a punishment scary. yeah yeah scary thing because i actually really don't like the feeling of it i want it's like those are the ones that i'm like scared of and i'm like just give me a few of them but not so many that i like have to safe word out of the entire scene you know like i'm like i really want to test myself and, and take the pain and then not too much oh see i do this really bad thing where i just won't safe word for a while oh it's actually like really problematic and it's like i'm working on i like like to see how much i can actually take yeah but i'll just ignore myself even when it is too much, I'll be okay. like, no, 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 we're just going to keep going. When do you realize that it was too much? <laughs> well, one time it was after I like, already started like physically bleeding. Mm, okay. And then I was like, ooh, maybe we should move on. Because my partner was like, hey, just so you know, like you're bleeding. Like, are you okay with that? I was like, no. When did that happen? Okay. <laughs> like, I realized that it had already gotten to that point. Wow. Or I know when it starts to feel like numb. Okay. Or like when it stops hurting when it should be. I'm like, ooh. That's not good. We're mm. gonna stop. Now. Okay. Okay. But I will wait till these like extreme points when I know I probably should be stopping a little earlier. But I like to see. I like it's like a little challenge for me. Well, and it's I think for submissives who I know, it's like that's actually a question that only you can answer for yourself because every person has their own different boundaries on the given day. And so it's like, yeah. Absolutely. But then my other issue is when I'm in subspace, I don't know sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when things are too much. So like we did this like boot licking scene recently which was fun not something i think i'm super into but my thing is i will try anything once for our listeners who don't know what boot licking is tell us about your experience and how you set up your scene okay so for people who are not familiar it's like a form of like foot worship but it's usually like specifically to do with like the shoe that your partner is wearing so these are like these really cute sexy like suede like high heel boots which were great and but my partner had let me know ahead of time that their cat did pee on it and that they had been like through the wash like a bunch of times and they got like professionally dry clean and I was like yeah I'm sure it's fine whatever anyways I was like super in subspace and I like was licking the shoe and I was like oh that tastes sort of funny whatever it's fine and I just ignored that and just kept going and then it took me like a good like five minutes I was like Oh my god, that's not like soap, that's cat pee. <laughs> oh, and no. Then, oh no. And then I realized that and still like like two or three more times and I was like, Leo, what's 
the fuck are you doing? That's cap. You do not need to do this. But I'll get myself so much in subspace that I don't care, mm. which is so problematic. Like, so I'll do things I would normally never consent to. Okay. Okay. It's okay sometimes, but not when you're licking cat pee. If I'm if I'm understanding and like also projecting my own rules, it's like I want to make sure that the thing that feels good when I'm in subspace will still feel good to my memory when I'm out of it. Exactly. You know, and so for me, the lines are like, you know, I have different rules about how many marks I wish to receive on different days or where they can be on certain days because like I don't want to have bruises in every single photo. Or if I have a fuck ton of bruises around my family, that's actually not going to be okay, you know. Right. And so I that's the stuff that's kind of like how I draw my lines. <sighs> yeah, urine and pee stuff. Everyone's got their own lines around that. But it sounds like you had a great exploration. <laughs> you know, pee is something I usually a hard limit for me. So I don't know why I didn't stop. But I think subspace just does that to you sometimes. Where you're like, yeah, why not? No, it's fucking cat pee. You do not need to continue. It, your partner will be fine if you don't continue. They will not be mad at you Correct. for not licking cat pee. Yes, that's an important thing. If you're like, oh, if it's coming from a place of like, Yes, yes, yes. I, I feel like I so badly wanted to like, please them in the scene because it's not something I'm into, but I know what thing they are. I wanted mm. so badly to please them. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just continue. You don't need to continue looking cat pet. Yeah, no. It's fine. So were you, what part of the shoe were you looking? And do you think you would have enjoyed it if there hadn't been the cat pee issue? I think I could have enjoyed it if it were not the cat pee issue. I still don't think it's something I'm super into, but it's something I'm willing to revisit. Okay. But it's not necessarily like a turn on for me. However, it's something I will do for my partner if that's what they're into. Right, right, right. And for me, like as a submissive quality, I can see, even though I'm like not going to get off on the idea of a shoe, but like the service aspect. But like literally, where are you licking? I honestly don't remember. I think I was still on like the, I was like bottom of my shoe, like working my way up. Okay. I don't think I had made it like past like the ankle at that point. Okay. Yeah, it was very much at the beginning. How do your sessions usually start? And do you have a collar? I do. I'm wearing my little day collar. Oh, I should have brought my real one. I haven't been wearing my actual collar because I'm at home. And I right. don't need my parents to be like, what the fuck are you doing with wearing a dog collar? Right. But I do wear my day collar. I work with kids. I wanted it to be something very, very settled. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I feel like so torn if it's something I want to share. Because you should not have sex if you're under the influence. However, we always smoke first. We always end up smoking first. And I feel like I just end up getting so much hornier when I'm high. I don't know what it is. Everything I feel just like so much more intensely. Okay. And I feel like it's something that also helps me get into some space for that reason. Like just because everything feels so intense. We usually start out with like a smoke sesh. And then I don't know. It just sort of like depends what we're feeling that day. But it's usually something they have come up with in advance. I usually am pretty much outside of like the scene planning process how do you transition from like smoking or just like chilling or are you kind of like in dynamic as soon as you're together or do you have a transition moment that gets you like into the roles or into the beginning of playtime somewhere in the middle because we do have the dynamic like outside of like sexy time mm -hmm. so usually it's because i'll start like bratting it up Oh, yeah. Tell us about your brat. Because earlier you said that you can't, you're not really a spanker, but like explain how your brat works because there must be some spice or some pushback in there. How is it? How is it work for you? Here's the thing. I'm just like a bitch and I allow that to come out when I'm with my partner. Because... Okay, but what do you mean when you say you're like a bitch? Like what's your bitch like? What's your bitch self like? I, I like to tease and I like to, I don't want to say like make fun of, but I like to poke. 
Yeah. And I like to get on people's nerves. And I know I can't do that the majority of the time. If I did that at work, it would not go well. So right. I, this is when I do it. And it's fun. And <laughs> you can't be mean to little kids. <laughs> no, I I cannot bully my camper. That nope. would not be acceptable. No. Whatever. No, so I bully my dom instead. It's great. And that never, it doesn't go well for me. So it's fun. Okay. Yeah, so that's how it transitions. Is I'll start acting up a bit. And they'll be like, go get Shocky. I, we use like a little shock collar. And I'm like, okay, go get it. And that's usually how that you start. Oh, okay. Do you have rules with your top about like what is within the boundaries of what you're allowed to tease about or be bitchy about? Yeah, I don't comment on things like their weight or like things that to me are always like off limits. Religion, like things that they've been bullied about in the past aren't things I'm going to touch. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like things are pretty on the table and they'll tell me if I like I push buttons. I know I push buttons. They yeah. will make that clear when I do. And they they say for it as well if I'm too much. Okay. Like great. The same way I can say for it, like Doms can too. Beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that. So shock color, what? <laughs> I don't really really remember how that started. But yeah, I honestly don't remember why we bought that, but we did. Well to punish you, obviously. Well, no, I know that. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I don't remember where the idea came from. Uh-huh. But we did, and now it's, like, our main, like, hey, you're in trouble, go get that. And sometimes it's fun, and then sometimes it's not. Okay. It's really not sometimes, but it gets the point across. What does it feel like? Is it, it's, like, literally shocking you on the neck? <laughs> is it in, like, one? I've always wondered, is it, like, in one spot, or is it multiple spots? I haven't gotten to play with a shock collar yet. I only keep it on, like, the front. Okay. Because, like, for me, the back, like, hurts, and just, like, but, like, not the right way. Okay. Just for our listeners, I've done zero research about the safety of shock collars. And if I were going to play with it, I would do a lot of research. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds I'm like you're alive. Out there as well. <laughs> I have done some research, but I'm not going to be like, yes, this is 100% safe. You should all do that. Electro play is definitely not for everyone because everyone has different heart situations and different body situations. And so you have to kind of know your body and do the research for yourself. Do your own research. For me, it seems like... And- okay option however nothing's 100 percent safe and i feel like part of bdsm is knowing that you're going to take risks yeah. and you have to be comfortable with the risks that you're taking yeah so don't take this as like the a-okay to shock your partner totally speaking of risks i should have brought this up much sooner damn it this, maybe this should be one of my intro questions safer sex do you have conversations about it how are those initiated what's your experience been like tell us what feels relevant yeah, so I get tested after every partner. I ask my partner to get tested every few months. And every time I'm with a new partner, I, you know, make sure they've been tested. And if they have not, then I usually will not do anything with them. Okay. Um, mm, at least for partners with penises. Mm-hmm. Less so with partners with vaginas, simply because I because I don't go down on people I'm not I don't know very well. Right. I'm not too concerned about the other issues. Like I yeah, I'm not concerned about, like, vibrators okay. and all do that. Do you do mouth kissing? Mouth kissing. Do you do mouth kissing? I do do mouth kissing. Okay. I do not love mouth kissing. So I do sort of save that for, like, a partnership I feel very secure in. Got it. It's just something I enjoy unless I feel very, like, connected to that person. Okay, cool. And have you ever had an experience with an STI or anything or any scary vagina things? Thank God, no. I feel very <laughs> relieved that I have not. That being said, I know... A lot of them are so easily treated that I'm not horribly 
well, not, I don't say that I'm not concerned, but I'm not, I don't want to work it up into my head to be this huge, huge thing when it's something yeah. that can be treated and that if it's talked about, then it's not as big of a deal. Absolutely. If you're on top of your health and you're getting tested regularly, then you don't get the atrocities from gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis. Like, it doesn't go to the scary places. And speaking as a person who is currently taking antivirals, because during coronavirus, my immune system was just like, we're going to die. We're tired. My immune system was just like, we're tired. I'm going to die now. And I got my second ever herpes outbreak in my throat. No. So, yeah. Yes. Great timing. I know, right? <laughs> but it also allows me to be here to say, like, it's actually not that bad. And the process for getting another round of antivirals was really easy. And luckily, one of my neighbors, you know, it is funny to be like, hey, will you go please pick up my herpes pills? But also, like, thank God, because it's really painful. And there's no re reason to be in pain. And there's no reason to, like, spread your pain to other people. And it's pretty avoidable if you have a conversation, but not if we're all scared of the conversation. So, okay. Well, I'm really happy you have that support system that could <sighs> pick that up for you. I'm pick super up. lucky. Yeah, I feel <laughs> lucky. Okay, what else haven't we talked about that you love sex-wise? Like, what have we not covered yet? Ooh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I love everything. I feel like there's very few things I'm, like, not into, or at least not into trying. Ooh, I love over-the-knee spanking. That's, like, one of my favorite things ever. What do you like to get spanked with? Like, a hand or a cane? Or, like, what's your, <gasps> what are some implements? Ooh, I forgot about those. I love canes. You those do? Are, I'm so great. scared of them. For me, canes and paddles are in the Canes, paddles, and wooden spoons. The wooden things. I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. Yes, please use it on me. Yes, that's the best. I love being... See, I don't like surprises normally or like okay. being scared, yeah. but I love it in that context. You do? Okay. I do. I don't know why. Like, I love the anticipation. Like, that's part of like the most fun parts for me. But canes, I don't like it on my butt, but I do like it on my feet, which I didn't know that was something oh, I was yeah. really, really recently. But like, that's really fun. I don't know what it is, but I really enjoy it. Amazing. Does that hurt or does it feel, what does it feel like to you? I'm trying to think if I've been caned on my feet. Does it get your toes? That seems painful. It, yeah, but I don't love the toes, but it, it's actually like really strange. If you put like an elastic band around your foot, it feels the same if you want to like. Oh, like snapping? Yeah, like if you like snap it against like your foot, like it feels literally the same. Because that's how my partner like was like before we tried it, they're like, okay, I want you to try this and tell me how you feel about it beforehand. Like, before like we get out like a big wacky implement, like yeah. something a little safer. So that's how we tried that. And I was like, yeah, that's fun. It hurts. Oh but like, I like getting hit hard enough that I can feel it later. Oh, me too. But for me, it's like a fun little reminder like, haha, you're walking, that hurts. Yes. But you feel seen and that's so fun. I love to be sore. I love to have marks. I love, yeah, I, I love all of that. I love having marks, but because I work with kids, I'm always so, so scared about it, which is like the nice thing about feet. Yeah. yeah. Very easily die. Yeah. Feet and buns are like a great place. Although my butt is pretty hard to bruise. Although now it's kind of out of, out of shape. Well, out of shape in terms of like getting bruises. So I could probably get bruises pretty easily. I think my master might actually come over later. So I'm like, <gasps> oh, maybe oh, I'll, yes, maybe yes. I'll get my feet caned then and see what it's like. <laughs> No, literally, it's great. You should go to Ace Hardware. You get one of those like thin little like. Oh, I have one. <laughs> oh, you already have. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, he left that here, so it's it's ready to go. So I just said maybe we'll oh, just pull it out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Fingers crossed. I never. I'm. Uh, I've released my hopes, but I hold the hope lightly and strongly at the same time. Well, it's not going to happen if you're not just like here. It is exactly. Come catch me exactly. 
Yeah, I love that. And then what else is there? Oh, three ways. We haven't talked about that. Those are fun. I had like a very brief fling with like a couple. Uh-huh. I don't think that's my vibe. I don't think I need to do it again, but it was a good experience. Like the idea of a couple in general or them that couple specifically? A mixture of both. I think. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it was somewhat that couple. I did have two bad experiences with them where things were not super consensual. So that was super problematic. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the times they had a friend over and it was the friend. It wasn't them. But I'm like, ooh. Did they warn you that they were going to have a friend over? And was this friend in a sexual thing with you well, guys? that's the thing. The friend was supposed to just be chilling. And there's just nothing going on. And then they, like, slapped my tits. I was like, hey, that's not cool. You can't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not traumatized by it or anything. But I'm like, that was completely unacceptable. You may not. You're not part of any sort of dynamic here. Do not touch my tit. Yeah, that's not just because you are sleeping with a couple. That's not an invitation for personal touching. No, no. No, exactly. And then there's another situation where the guy was just, like, trying to get me to give him a hand job when I was, like, asleep. And I'm like, I'm not doing that right now. Ew. Unless you had an explicit conversation ahead of time where he's like, can I wake you up to have sex with you? We we did not have that discussion. No, so it wasn't great. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. Okay. I feel like it's a good learning experience. Here's a question. In that context, when you're getting slapped in a way that you did not consent to, I'm not saying this is like good behavior, but does that change the part of you that's like, oh, I don't like slapping? Like, could you ever imagine responding tit slap for tit slap? Oh, interesting. How surprised do you think a dude would be if he slapped your tit and you just like slapped his tit back? Well, that's the, that's the worst part for me. This is a girl. And oh. me, I've always felt so safe around women because I'm like, well, they're not going to rape me. <laughs> and then and then they have a consent violation where I'm like, oh my gosh, literally anyone is capable of doing this. Yeah. Which I guess gives me so much like anxiety. Like, yeah. oh, like, uh. it was someone I thought I felt safe around or generally safe around. And that's just not true anymore. So I now am mm. a lot more like apprehensive yeah. towards things like that. So tit slapping back does not feel like the, the I answer. I don't think <laughs> tit slapping back is in my abilities okay, okay. <laughs> yeah it's probably that's probably not a bad thing like i'm not saying i'm definitely not like encouraging that behavior but that's such a bummer i will also just say like i have not with all all the creepy stranger things that i get from the internet like from doing oh, this talk, i've yet to have a female person do it like i just haven't had anyone who identifies as female be weird at me through the internet yet so yeah. yay okay congrats yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's an accomplishment. It's just like kind of a sad observation, but it's, it's a bummer that you're like experiencing that in real life. Okay, so that threesome wasn't that great, but have you or have you had other ones that were or make you hopeful or were there parts of it that made you feel hopeful? But I have had excellent other ones. So okay. I had one on my own that was like this like one night thing with a couple and they were so sweet and they made me feel very safe and it was very like, loving in the way that like i don't know i felt very protected like i knew nothing was going to happen bad to me that was a very safe feeling and can then, you articulate how they made you feel safe yeah it was a lot of there's just like a lot of conversations like nothing happened without some sort of conversation first great and they were also very secure in their own relationship which made me feel secure coming into yes, it yes that's very important i think part of the problem was with the other couple that I had that playing with was that they were not secure in their own relationship and they and that ended up somewhat getting taken out on me it was there was like this issue where I had sex with just the girl of the relationship and the guy said he was fine with that and then when that happened 
he was like, oh, well, you guys are, we're cheating. I'm like, well, that's not what happened. Yeah. We've already had this conversation. I need you to be more secure in your relationship before I could be anywhere involved, anywhere near this. And then I had two threesomes with my partner and another person. And one was great. So my partner's a switch. And I wish I was something I could give to them, but it's not. But we found someone who's not a switch, who just is a dominant. And so we were able to have that experience together, which was really cool. It was very strange seeing my partner in that capacity. Like, I sort of told them, like, ooh, I don't know that that's going to work in our dynamic again in the future. Oh, really? Tell, tell us more. What did it feel like to you? Or, like, what did it evoke inside of you? And what was the setup, too? Was it, like, the dom dommed them and they dommed you? Or was the dom kind of doming both of you through them? Or, like... It was sort of, like, a combination. Like, there was, like, non-switch dom and then my dom and then me. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of, like, being dommed through the both of them. Okay. But it was very, I guess jarring to see my partner in the more submissive capacity and i want them to be able to explore that which is why we're open Mm -hmm. that being said it was a weird dynamic for me to be a part of in that moment and i don't know that's something i need to do again okay but it was a great experience and i'm happy we did that it was just i've never seen them in any other capacity other than being a dom so it was just very like jarring to see them like being tied up i was like oh wait what like what's happening right now i don't know it's just very like confusing yeah and it's not something, like, I don't want them to experience. It's just yeah. not something I know I need to be a part of. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. It's my, my little sub-brain was very confused by it. Yeah. Would you want to be co-dommed if they were, if they stayed in the dominant role? Like, does the idea of bringing yeah. in another dom feel hot to you? Or co-sub? Would you also, like, a, have a co-sub? Like, would you, how would you feel about being in a threesome where your dom Ooh. is, like, dominating another submissive with you? I feel like I could be into that. Yeah. There's something I need to work on in therapy, but I could see myself getting jealous in that situation. Okay. Oh, which okay. I, so I want to be more secure in my own self before I'd be mm. willing to try something like that. Okay. But also if it was someone you really liked or even maybe liked more than they liked. And so they're like, so it's like they're ordering you to make out with a person. I mean, I don't, I'm just making up fantasies in my head and being curious, but yeah. Okay. No, okay. I think I could definitely be okay with that. I just, I think I just need to find that security within myself before I'd be willing to move on or something like that. That sounds wise. Okay. okay. <laughs> what other group scenarios might you be interested? Like, do you think, do you see a day where you might want to go to a sex party or a sex club? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds amazing. I've been wanting to go to, I blanking on what it's called, but there's this dungeon in LA that's been doing things now that people are getting vaccinated mm. again. I really would like to go to Sanctuary. Is that what it? Okay. Called? The one near the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes that's the yeah. one. Yeah. I would love to check that out. Yeah. I'm not sure I would necessarily like to be involved in the scene with everyone, but I would love to, like, observe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely something I'm willing to explore. Okay. I think one of our past guests has worked or now works there. I haven't, like, talked to her oh, really? since she became... Yeah, I think she started as a pro sub and then maybe became a switch. I don't know. I need to reach out to her. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get you some info. <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's see. What else haven't we covered? Here's a question for you, actually. You have had traumatic experiences that included photos and messages. Is sexting something that is on the table for you now? Like, where are you with that part of your arousal life? I feel so, so torn with that one. Because there are times where I'm totally okay with it. But it's exclusively with partners I've been with for a long time. So Mm -hmm. currently that person is only my dom. And even then there's times where I'm like, this is not going to happen today. Like, there was a recent time where we were both like, hey, I'm horny. And I thought that was like a, hey, come over type of thing. But it was them like trying to like 
see like the whole if we're gonna sex and I'm like Ooh, no, I don't want pictures right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know you're feeling yourself. But I cannot. Okay. I just can't do it today. Okay. And I need to get better at articulating that because sometimes I'll just like deal with it. Be like, yep, here's my tit. Awesome. Mm. Here you go. Okay. Instead of like expressing that, I'm like, I'm not feeling it right now. Can I offer you something that's been working for me? Yes, please. Because I am a person that has been over the past few years transitioning into a body and an articulation with my mouth where I can say, no to things I don't want to do, but I've found that it's really useful to actually just say, here's where I am today. And you never even have to address the negative stuff. You just speak in the realm of the positive. So instead of being like, I'm not in a sexy mood right now, I've started to be like, I'm actually in work mode right now. And I'm really excited about this thing that I'm drawing, even if it's a naked person, you know, because it's not the same part of my brain. And so that's a way for them to like really hopefully the people I'm with now take that as a clear, like they're able to get clarity from that and to hear that that doesn't mean pushing, of course, doesn't work for everyone. But that's something that's work that's really so that I don't have to say no if I'm not feeling up to it. Because I'm also really abrupt when I say no and people get mad at me a lot for it. Because like when I set a boundary, I'm like, here is my boundary. I have set it. And then they're like, you're mean. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, so. I guess always my fear of saying no is I don't want to be like, viewed as this like mean awful person yeah but i'm really just setting a boundary you're, you're not a mean awful person and the thing i read what was i listening to recently i was listening to this podcast that i'm obsessed with that only has a few episodes it's called awakening od it's so silly it's a comedian but it has so many wisdom nuggets in it she's like setting boundaries is not the same as attacking someone if you set a boundary and someone else feels attacked ask them how you've attacked them or is it just something they didn't get their way? Because it's because there is a big difference between being like, here's my line and like, I actively need you to change your bad and wrong. You know, and so if they're trying to get you to change because you drew a line, that's sort of like a, a clarification thing. But I'm a person that like has really clear boundaries and I just didn't realize that it's one of the reasons strangers and, you know, like when I say strangers, I mean creepy internet strangers who write me things and then get mad that I don't like enjoy hearing their fantasy about me as an introduction or like people I've swiped on who just, you know, where I'm just like, actually, like I don't have enough information yet to get excited about talking to you on FaceTime. Like I need something that's not copy and paste, you know? Well, I'm certainly going to try that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, all we can do is practice and do our best and like give ourselves space to learn and grow and whatever. Okay. So what are your hopes for your sexual self going forward? I hope that I can like find the confidence to set those boundaries more and more. I think it's my biggest hope for myself is while I'm starting to do that, I think there's times where I certainly go with the flow when I don't need to. Like it's okay for me to say no. Yeah. Are you saying that you're not perfect all the time? I'm not. I know how shocking that is to probably all of you guys. Oh man. So fucking great. (laughs) But I am not perfect. What's the thing you love most about your sexual self? I think I love how I'm starting to find that confidence in myself to even mm. see myself as like a sexual being. I think in the past I was just, oh, I'm fat and I'm overweight and I'm ugly and how could anyone see that as attractive? Because that was the narrative that was pushed on me oh. via my family for so long. Fuck. That was. Okay. Yeah, it's been fun. It was always like, oh, you know, when you lose weight, that's when you'll find a partner. When you do this to yourself, that's when you're going to be happy. And I think when I started to realize that's not what happiness is and that's not what being sexy or being confident is, I was able to find that, like, sexiness within myself. Oh, thank God. Also therapy. 
Also therapy. Yeah. Fuck also yeah. Therapy. <laughs> Great. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I think I would go back to when I was 14 and again, when I was 21 with my most recent assault and tell myself that it's okay to say no. You do not have to have sex with someone because you're scared. You don't have to have sex with someone to make them happy and you don't have to because it's you feel that's what society's telling you you have to do. It's okay to say no. And I really wish I knew that at the time. Yeah. Do you have a sex question you'd like to ask me? I do. What is like one thing that you've tried that you would always recommend to everyone? Oh my God. Always and everyone are big words. Okay. Let's they are, see. But like, what's your favorite thing that you just will always recommend? I always come back to recommending new ways to explore how your body is experiencing touch, which I understand is a very broad thing. But I think what I've been noticing, especially the past few years, as I'm paying attention to my artist self and as I'm getting a body that requires me to feed it fucking perfectly and get enough sleep or I'll get really, really sick. Like I will, you know, like I get whatever sickness is going around. Like it's supposed, you're not supposed to be able to get herpes in your throat unless you are severely immunocompromised. I don't have a label from any doctor, but I'm just like learning that my body's a delicate little flower. And the beautiful part of that is that I'm like realizing also there are different experiences in my body from the same things every time. And so even just especially being in quarantine alone these past two weeks when I was going a little stir crazy because even though I was like in my apartment alone for most of the pandemic, I didn't have the feeling of like, I cannot leave. And so that was where I was like, oh, that fantasy I have about being in a cage, that might be fun for a weekend, but not for weeks at a time, you know, like the the shed out back or whatever. I was like, oh, I really don't like this because I'm like full surrender to a stupid thing and I'm alone. But what I started to do for myself was just to give myself squeezes on the arm and to see how long I could touch myself in non-sexual ways to see if my body could get aroused. And when I was sick with coronavirus, it was so weird because I was so simultaneously horny but too physically tired to make myself come like I like had so many pathetic non-orgasms when I was sick where I would just like even with vibrators yeah even with my like satisfier apps I was like oh the body is really sick okay but I think the thing that I just recommend to everyone especially you know whether or not you have a partner but especially if you have a partner I love touching partners so much and I also love being touched and I know most people don't get as much touch as they actually want because there's this issue with receiving and with like feeling this full attention. And so I just like invite everyone to always like see what pleasure they can find in touch. Also fully acknowledging that touch is not everyone's thing and that I'm a super duper touchy person. And so if touch is not the thing for you, explore whatever sense is calling to you. You know, if you get off more when you're not being blindfolded or experienced with the different senses and like giving them and taking them away and cold and hot and everything, you know, sound. See what sound does for you. Oh, my God. If you guys, this is such a, oh, this is such a woo-woo recommendation, but like my whole body gets turned on when I'm in a sound bath. I've only been to a couple of them, but like those gigantic crystal bowls that make the woo like it goes through your whole body and it's not the same as a sexual turn on but like 
for me, everything is also a sexual turn. Like I'm like so turned on, but it it like turns on my body energetically. And so like that's something that again, I'm not saying like go to a sound healing expecting to get turned on and fuck all night. Like that's not what I'm saying. But like explore the sensuality of your whole body, not just in the like straight line fastest direction to orgasm sort of thing. Because that's just like what's really opened up my life. And now when people even talk about like foreplay, I'm like, what do you mean foreplay? Because like I have the luxury of having a relationship where like all of our sex is just back and forth between, I guess, things that could be described as a mixture of foreplay and penetration in various holes, in various combinations. But it's just like hours of like enmeshed sensation. And I think I can't recommend this to the world because I know this really isn't for everyone. But I think the thing for me that I get really sad about when I'm like trying to find people to fuck on the internet is that I think the thing that I scare people away with is like, I really like intimate sex. It doesn't mean that I have to be serious. Like, I think I'm a person who can access intimacy easily. Like, that's my, this is just a fresh noodle. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that this is like the way things are. I'm just like thinking out loud a little bit, but like, I would just invite everyone in the whole wide world to see how you don't explode when you allow yourself to be intimate with someone you don't know. You know, and and again, do what's right for you always at the end of the day. Trust yourself. So those are my thoughts. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Leah, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. (laughs) 